Hello everyone and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you about strange things that happened in history. God, you sound awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's so rude. I haven't even introduced myself I yet. know you haven't. Go on. <laughs> My name's Amelia Edwards, the healthiest podcast you'll ever going to encounter. And with me today is Barnaby King. Hello. Yes, we are both unwell. We are. But you know what could be worse, Barnaby? What? We could have malaria. Well, that's true, but I don't want this cold either. Well, that's true, but today I'm going to talk to you in favour of the fact that we've both been (laughs) ill for like five days now. Yeah. It's not COVID. No. It's just that super cold you've heard about that's not really a super cold. No, it's just a regular cold, but we've all forgotten what colds are like. Oh God, they're so bad. Why can't we stay at home all the time? (laughs) Because you have to go into school where all those filthy, filthy children are with their diseases and their germs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They still haven't learned to cough into their elbows. Ugh, gross. Mm, Weird. Anyways, so I thought let's make ourselves feel better today by talking about a a novel way that um, a 19th century physician came up with to combat malaria. Okay, cool. Okay, so what do you know about malaria, Barnaby? Uh, I know that it's usually uh, spread by mosquitoes. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's a very pertinent fact here. Okay. Okay, so... It's a blood disease, isn't it? It's a blood disease. Yeah. Um, it affects humans and animals. Yeah, and it, it's like one of the biggest killers in the world. It really is. Hmm. Um, also, Bill Gates would have you believe. <laughs> Stop that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm good. too unwell to deal with, like, hilarious anti-vaxxer stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. I'm so warm. <laughs> Do you want to open a window? Nah, it's all right. All right. Are you sure? Yeah, it's okay. Okay. We don't want to let the mosquitoes in. Yeah. Okay, so, ultimately, one of the earliest ways of treating malaria as as a like as a societal disease, yeah, um, was to get rid of mosquitoes. Like that makes plenty of yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you had plenty of people in North America who were living around mosquito-ridden areas, mm. so swampland. Yes, yeah. So yeah. I'm imagining, yeah, southern states. There's a lot of sort of swamplandy areas. So I actually read this book a little while ago called um, "At the Edge of the Orchard," right, which talks about Oh, who's that American who was really famous for planting apple seeds? Why, that would be Johnny Appleseed. Yes. Okay. Did you know, and this is according to Tracy Chevalier, that people used to drink hard cider as a way of staving off malaria. Okay. And that was one of the reasons why they wanted Johnny Appleseed so much, because a lot of his trees... You couldn't grow fruit that you could eat off it. Yeah. But you could grow fruit that was perfectly fine for making cider out of. Right. What was their justification for cider curing malaria? I'm not sure. I think people don't get bitten as much by mosquitoes if they're permanently drunk. <laughs> okay, yeah. The mosquito takes a bite and is like, oh my God, no. Well, you know, mosquitoes <laughs> are weird. They don't like marmite. They do like bananas. It's a whole thing. Mm. They I, don't like garlic, do they? I don't know. But you're thinking about vampires. Well, no, no, because I know there are other stinging insects, like gnats don't like garlic. Okay. Um, It's one of the things that it's like, uh, as a sort of home insect repellent thing, is if you have garlic in your diet, 
It'll repel pretty much everything, yeah. Well, yes, it's true. <laughs> and according to the nurse who gave our friend the COVID jab, it'll thicken your blood yeah, nicely. Yeah, I'm still not sure about that one. <laughs> okay, so... I mean, he took it to heart. He had, did. He had more garlic in his diet, and then the second time, when he got a second dose of the vaccine, he didn't bleed, which but, he did apparently a lot for the first one. That's so true. <laughs> Anecdotal evidence. Yeah, gotta love that. Yeah, okay, so... So scientific. <laughs> so... One of the way there was this man called Dr. Charles A. Campbell, right. who is the person we're going to be talking about today, and he thought to himself, "You know what we could do to get rid of all these mosquitoes? What? Bats. Uh, employ them. Eat yes. them. Employ bats. Employ them. Yes. Oh, okay, right. Give them a salary. Give them yep. a dental plan. Um, Aww, I know, cute little bat dentist." <laughs> That sounds so cute. And uh, he wanted to get the bats to come to southern Texas where he was living Mm -hmm. um, so that they would eat the mosquitoes and then malaria would reduce. I mean, practical makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Yeah, like absolutely. Uh, So can malaria spread human to human? I don't know. I don't think it can because it is a blood disease. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, I should have thought about that. Yeah. Not well. No, it's okay. We're, we're not going to make a lot of sense today. <laughs> but I was, I was just thinking, like, how practical is that in reducing instances of the disease? But yeah, if it's yeah. if it's not being spread by like other means, if like mosquitoes yeah, I, your I primary vector, then yeah, that makes perfect sense. Reduce the number of mosquitoes, reduce the possible cases of malaria. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, sensible. So, how do you get bats to come to a place you want them to? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm my parents, their garden, they've got fruit bats. Yeah. So I guess have some nice tall trees around for them to nest in. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got bats near the river down mm-hmm. by us. Um, so maybe build a river. <laughs> yeah. Some... Just just basically change the landscape so the bats go, damn, that is a nice looking area. That property value is going to go through the roof. I better get a good job so that I can <laughs> like uh, buy a house in that area and then keep the upkeep when gentrification happens because, you know, they've been doing up this area for the bats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not well. <laughs> it's all right. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. So um, he thought to himself, can bats like bees, be colonized and made to multiply where they where we want them. Okay. And he goes, that would be no feat at all. Don't they just live in any old ramshackle building? They would be only too glad to have a little home, such as we provide for our songbirds. Oh, okay. Creates a sort of dovecote for bats. Yeah, so he ah. started building bat boxes. Oh, that's cute. Which is super cute, and people still do this. Like, yeah. They build bat boxes, usually because we want bats, yeah. rather than we want bats to come to sort out our malaria problem. But yeah. he, he built bat houses, and then he realised that this was not attracting the bats. Right. So... He thought, I know, I'll build a bigger one. Okay. <laughs> right, so it was, first it was, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. To, if you build it bigger, yeah. they'll come. <laughs> okay. okay, right. So, he spent $500. Okay. This was in 1907. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, pretty yeah, substantial yeah. sum. 
and he built the first malaria-eradicating guano-producing bat roost. Okay. Which is what it's called. That's what it's called. Wow, that is not a catchy name. No. Um, This was at the US Experimental Farm near San Antonio. Is bat guano used for something? Yes. Oh, what is it used for? Fertilizer. Oh, okay. Well, that was more simple than I thought. Okay. I thought they were going to like extract some component out of it and then it gets used to make, I don't know, silicon chips or something. I'm sure you can probably use it to make explosives or something. That would make sense. I think you can do that with a lot of fertilizers. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Bagwano is a useful thing to have. Okay. Um, So he built this tower. It was 30 feet. Whoa. And inside, he had created a series of inclined shelves for them to roost on. And also, 20 yards of guano-saturated cheesecloth was festooned on the inside walls to encourage them to come. Yeah. Um, and then there was like... <laughs> come here, bats. We've got shit on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was also a hopper underneath to collect the droppings. Yeah. So that the whole thing like makes money as well as yeah. healing people. Which, yeah, I get that. Which makes sense if you've just spent $500 on it. Yeah. And how can I recoup my losses? Why, with shit, of course. <laughs> and to further attract bat visitors, he provided a meal. Aww. Three perfectly good hams. With a... <laughs> I love perfectly good. <laughs> perfectly good hams. <laughs> with a nice slice cut out of each, exhibiting their splendid quality for the delectation <laughs> of the intended guests. <laughs> So the bats come, the bats are going by, and they're like, "Do you smell ham? I smell ham. Let's go, let's go have a look. Oh, oh, look at that ham! Like the best ham Ooh. these bats have ever seen. <laughs> I'm sure that bats probably wouldn't give a shit. I don't know if bats eat ham. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. Like in my knowledge, bats tend to eat like small insects, yeah. and fruits and vegetables i'm not sure they're eating like, salted smoked meats no i might be entirely wrong i mean yeah but, i mean i did uh, my brother did have a friend whose parents were bat oh, savers yeah, yeah. and they mostly ate mealworms oh yeah there's that as well yeah mm. okay so maybe maybe but at the same time Maybe maybe they misheard about vampire bats and they're like, Hampire bats? Yes, of course. <laughs> Very good. And you're ill as well. Yes, thank good. you. You're good. <laughs> this bat hotel didn't work. Oh, oh, really? No. Even with the shit walls <laughs> and the ham? <laughs> I mean, if shitting on the walls and putting some really fine ham out isn't going to work, what will? Well, yeah, so in 1910... Um, Poor Campbell. He invested more of his savings into more improvements. Right. The article I'm reading doesn't tell us what these improvements were. Presumably more bat guano and better hams. (laughs) Oh, you can't get better hams, though. Oh, those were only perfectly good hams, which sounds to me like they weren't great. Right, Like, you know when someone's like, that was perfectly good. Yeah, okay. "Mm." It's Um, It's like perfectly adequate. Yeah. Like, it's a step up from that, but it's not, you know, perfect. No. Um, So... This still didn't work, whatever those investments were. Yeah. And then he tried kidnapping. What? He he, ki- he kidnapped children <laughs> as a sacrifice to the bats. He captured around 500 bats from another location and he imprisoned them in the tower. Oh my God. In the hope that their squeaking would attract more bats. <laughs> the bat police turn up and is like, sir, you have kidnapped these bats. You will now be arrested and tried for kidnapping and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, How does one catch 500 bats? Do <laughs> they have a difficulty. Do they have a very big butterfly net or something? Oh, God, I hope so. Is like, it like, like, like some sort of children's cartoon thing? And he's uh, the yeah, villain he's, trying he's to catch all around. these bats. It's like the Smurfs. Yeah. And, um, Gargamel. Gargamel, yeah. I don't know. Um, so the, the bat squeaking failed. Yeah. Um, after six years... The monument was home only to hundreds of English sparrows. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would have thought maybe they'd eat mosquitoes. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. But <laughs> but he had to dismantle it for scrap lumber and he sold it for $45. Oh, that's so sad. I know. But don't worry. Things get better. Okay. There is a big, brief period of sadness in his life, though, yeah. as a result of his failed bat experiments. Yeah. Um, he suspended his mad- medical practice. Oh, okay. And he left his family Whoa. to go wander alone like a hermit in the mountains of West Texas, <laughs> pondering what had gone wrong. <laughs> well, it's come to this. You couldn't get the bat shit. <laughs> and now you've gone bat shit crazy. I mean, the thing is, he hadn't given Come on, up that, on that, that deserved more than just flying past it. You weren't even listening to me, were I you? Was. Sure you were. We're just both ill. Yeah, we just both enough. have malaria. Yeah, we don't have malaria. Stop that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so he spent months in the mountains so that he could study caves. Okay. Because he wanted to know what makes bats <laughs> go to a place. What do these caves have that I don't? <laughs> And he discovered something that you already knew. Right. Which is that bats prefer roosting near water. Yeah, yeah. But also, why didn't he put the bat roost near water in the first place? Because yeah. that's where the mosquitoes are. Yeah, you, it makes sense. He just put it out in the middle of like a dry, dusty plain. I think so. Standing by itself. There's no trees around. There's nothing for the bats to eat other than what the hams he gives them. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> like, It's like, geez, if these bats don't like ham, I don't know what they're like. And everyone's like... Didn't you bring them here for the mosquitoes? <laughs> <laughs> the bats have become too dependent on the ham. <laughs> They're not going after the mosquitoes because they know that I need them here, so I'll just keep bringing them ham. <laughs> so he comes back from his pilgrimage to the mountains with a knowledge of bats. Yep. And, and so he goes to a place called Mitchell's Lake, which right. is 10 miles south of San Antonio. Yeah. And he has like... Okay, he said, no swamp in the lowlands could be worse. Which, to me, sounds like you couldn't find a bigger hive of scum and bunny. <laughs> Man, this place is swampy as balls. Okay, all of the city's sewage flowed into Mitchell's Lake. Ooh. And they're basically seepage ponds. It was perfect malaria breeding conditions. Oh, so it's very much like the state of British waters in 2021. Hey, hey. Brexit, am I right? Yes. Drain the swamp. Wait, no, that's a different... <laughs> <laughs> no, they built a swamp. <laughs> okay, so... The mosquitoes in this place were just insane. Uh, they bred... <laughs> Fully three feet long. <laughs> no, it's the numbers. Right. So apparently, when people travelled past, they were compelled to whip up their horses so they could escape the mosquitoes. Oh, God. Like, the farmers 
used to be driven from their fields. They couldn't actually harvest the crops because there were so many mosquitoes just everywhere. Maybe just somewhere nearby there was a pharaoh who wasn't letting a bunch of Jewish people free. Yeah, I think that could be it. There's something about San Antonio. Someone's there being like, let my people go. So in 1911, when he built the Bat Tower, Campbell examined 87 adults and children who lived around the lake. Right. And found that 78 of them had malaria. Whoa. Yeah. Damn. Okay. God, you got to feel... I I kind of feel for those healthy people, actually. Yeah, they're just waiting for it. Exactly. Two to four people died every year around this lake. So it's it's not great. It's not a great time. So he built the Bat Tower. Yeah. And he didn't visit it again for several months. (laughs) He learned this time. He wasn't going to make those bats reliant on ham. Yeah. And this worked. So on the 4th of July... He decided he was going to go celebrate by going and watching his bat tower. As you do. As you do. It's traditional in America. (laughs) Fourth of July rolls around, you go watch some fireworks, and then you go look at some bats. Mm -hmm. Um, And he timed how long it took all of the bats to leave the tower. So imagine like a swarm of bats. Yeah. It took them five minutes. What? There were so many bats. Whoa. Okay, from complete disaster to rousing success, yeah, it seems. Yeah, it's like, well of... done, Campbell. Yeah. You got the bats in the tower. It only <laughs> took you like 10 years. It only took you 10 years and a spiritual voyage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he kept returning to it occasionally. He was, he was being very good. He was like being coy, not mm-hmm. letting the bats get dependent on him. Yeah. And in 1913, people started really finding out about his experiment. Yeah. And the idea that it was successful started to spread a lot. So uh, there was an inquiry from Italy um, asking about how they'd managed to do it because Italy was also suffering from malaria. Mm. Um, There were also some other things that started happening around combating malaria at this time, though. So in 1914... Um, people started using what was called the Ross Technique. Okay. um, Which is named after a British surgeon, Ronald Ross. And that basically means you drain the soil, you oil stagnant ponds, um, you screen buildings, and you use mosquito nets over beds, and you isolate infected patients. Damn, okay, yeah. But the thing is, it's a lot cheaper to do Campbell's methods. Yeah. So... Four years after the Mitchell's Lake roost was built, uh, duck hunters at this lake, yeah. which also, why are you hunting ducks at this lake? It's so gross, but yeah. never mind. Why um, there, how are there even any ducks left? I'm just imagining, like, you go by this place, and if you linger around too long, you just, you're completely desiccated mm-hmm. from all the blood being drained out of you. The ducks on that lake are just husks yeah. floating on the water. I mean, I think they are. There's this description in the article I'm reading, which is from Bat Conservation International. Oh, my favourite magazine. I know. Um, and it talks about the fact that chickens were just constantly pale and didn't lay any eggs. Yeah, it makes sense. They got yeah, no blood. No. Um, but the duck hunters uh, went to Campbell and said, you know what? You've done a great job here because... We used to have to leave when it got dark, when the mosquitoes mm. came out. But now there are so many less that we can stay and keep hunting ducks all through the nights. Nice. Um, and so he started 
collecting testimonials from the tenant farmers and they all said the same thing they could irrigate their fields at night uh, their work animals were healthy and there had been no sickness in their families nice he went round the people he examined them for malaria yeah he didn't find a single case oh that's awesome yeah yeah good old natural symbiosis yeah so the thing is like this really works yeah um, there are, haven't been any other studies done on it except for Campbell yeah. h- himself. But I feel like he clearly acknowledges when stuff doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> like abandoning his medical practice and wandering <laughs> in the mountains. Abandoning the ham method, as he <laughs> described it. So the same year, uh, the Bexar County Medical Society in- endorsed his work. Um, and the city council of San Antonio passed an audience that made it illegal for anyone to kill a bat within the city limits. Damn. So you could be fined somewhere between 5 and $200 per bat killed. Whoa. So they definitely got behind this idea that yeah. bats are good and they eat mosquitoes. Yeah. Um, soon after that, other people started basically employing um, Campbell to start building more and more bat towers. Yeah. And the original one gained so much fame that Campbell opened the area to the public. Aww. So he provided seats so that people could watch Aww. the evening emergence of bats. I will say, like, having, as, as I said, like, we had bats at my family home. It's very nice to watch bats flying around of an evening. It's, yeah. It's, it's very relaxing in a way. They're very, like, it is interesting to watch. And also, watching a whole swarm of something mm. is always a bit fascinating yeah that's true if only because it's like how do they not bump into each other yeah magic sonar yeah <laughs> um so in eventually a total of 16 bat towers were built nice some of these were in texas mm-hmm. some of these were in italy yeah well the two are naturally linked of course and the last one was built in 1929 mm-hmm. um at its peak, Campbell estimated that the Mitchell's Lake Roost contained over a quarter of a million bats. Whoa, damn. So he did a good job on attracting them back yeah. in the end. Um, in 1919, he was actually nominated for a Nobel Prize. That makes sense. The problem comes later on. Right. Because Campbell boasted that his bat towers would stand for a century. Oh, He no. said they were going to be great. Yeah. But... In the 1950s, people started getting worried about rabies. Oh, right. Yeah. So rabies basically became a hysteria for America. And because bats are a spreader of rabies, if you get bitten by one... You don't... Like, it's not common to get bitten by a bat. No, it's really not. They they don't even fly into people. They're very skilled. Mm. Um, But because of this, like... Bats got taken off the state of Texas's protected species list. Right. And they uh, took down most of the bat roosts um, that Campbell had built. There is still one that you can go and see. Um, But on the whole, this sort of little period of malaria prevention with bats ended around the 1950s. Oh, that's a shame. So it is a shame. On the other hand, I don't think malaria is really a thing in America anymore. Well, I mean, I'm imagining a lot of the areas that we're thinking about have kind of been built over. Yeah. So it's not so much a sort of breeding ground for the mosquitoes. Mm. 
Um, so I guess the thing is like the worry about rabies kind of overtook the benefits yeah. of, get, of malaria prevention through bats. Mm. And to be honest, Dr. Campbell never said that bats were the be all and end all he just felt that they'd be a useful thing to use yeah and especially if you've got an out of control mosquito population Mm. introduce a predator yeah it works for so many things it really does now if only there was a ferret that could be persuaded to eat covid (laughs) that would be delightful yes thank you for listening to that time when you can follow us on Twitter at that time when for, and if you have any suggestions for us, you can email them to us at ttwpod at gmail.com. Thank you as always to Kevin McLeod for our theme song Anachronist, as well as any other music Barnaby's used in the podcast. And thank you for listening. Now go out, invest in eels, and feed ham to bats. Bye. <laughs>